the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Welcome to our show on this beautiful Saturday, July 31st. Uh, we've got a packed show for you, as usual, my friends. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank um, our sponsor, uh, Border Hawk News. If there's anything that you want to know about um, immigration or migration in, across the world, Border Hawk News is the place to go. So, who are our guests today? And, 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 and they are good ones, my friends. We've got, uh, first of all, we've got um, Mr. Todd Bensman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies, who's going to give us an update uh, of what's been happening uh, uh, with uh, my immigration policy here in the U.S. the past week. And it's not pretty, my friends. It's not pretty. We've also got uh, Mr. Dave Kalama, uh, Kalmi, and uh, Dave is a uh, resident here in Texas. He's uh, head of an organization uh, called uh, Texans for uh, closing the border, and he is um, really on fire uh, about the issue of illegal immigration and the open border that we've got. Uh, then we've also got our good friend, uh, Mr. Jason Jones. Jason is uh, the border crime expert, and he's going to make your head spin. Uh, everything that's going on with the open border and crime on top of that. So Jason's going to give you a great uh, insight into that. Our uh, final guest is Mr. Chris uh, Kobach, and he is the former uh, attorney general for the state of uh, Kansas, and he is very, very active right now, uh, serving as an attorney uh, to um, uh, a group of sheriffs here that have filed a lawsuit against the um, Biden administration for uh, the open border and all of the problems that it's causing. So uh, Chris is going to chat with us and give us an insight uh, about that lawsuit. So I really re would encourage you to listen uh, to that. So uh, once again, my friends, let me uh, thank all of you for joining us. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Thank you very much for your support. Let's go to our first guest, George Rodriguez El Conservador here on KLUP 930 AM. We're going to go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, Todd uh, is a regular guest with us. And uh, I wanted to get him. Uh, I mean, so much is happening. So much is happening for us. And Todd's a resident here in Texas, along with um, myself. So much is happening over the past week. Uh, not only with the, the announcements uh, from the White House regarding their restrictions again or possible restrictions on COVID, but uh, the announcements of what's happening with COVID down at uh, the border of people coming in that are infected, as well as our governor here in Texas taking some actions to restrict travel, to control COVID. Uh, in the meantime, <clears throat> we've got um, the border still out of control. Todd, what are your thoughts? What uh, do you see happening? Well, we have two standards, two very different standards that are in play for the COVID containment effort. One is for American citizens, the very high expectation and standard that they'd be subject to. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of proposals to uh, new mandates to you know mask or vaccinate or uh you know, return to college and a variety of uh, restrictions on that and lots of virtue shaming going on for by uh, American liberals and Democrats about 
those who are not vaccinating, uh, even though you know a, a, a very large segment of the population that is not vaccinating are minority communities, there are uh, people in Democratic precincts like uh, Black communities and even Latino communities are not vaccinating. But uh, that being said, the second standard is uh, for illegal immigrants crossing the border. They don't care about them. Those people are exempt from virtue shaming and from requirements that they come in, that they be vaccinated before they enter the country or that they get you know, significant regimens of testing before they're released. And uh, this is sort of rank hypo- hypocrisy, really, uh, when you think about it. And it's driven by political uh, narrative. You know, if uh, you're an illegal immigrant, Democrats and liberals will look at that as you're exempt. We'll take you anyway, because that's just who we are. But if you're an American citizen who hasn't vaccinated, man, you are the epitome of evil. And we are going to put all sorts of uh, restrictions and containment on you. So that's kind of what's happening. Yes, lots and lots of illegal immigrants are crossing the border uh, with no and being accepted. Thousands and thousands being accepted in, uh, passed through the turnstile, put on buses to all four corners of America without any significant uh, assurance that they are COVID-free or have vaccinations or anything like that. Uh, That's abhorrent, and that is absolutely happening. It's really scary. It really, really is scary, this double standard that's going on. The other thing is the um, uh, uh, Miss Harris, the the vice president, uh, had an announcement on Tuesday regarding a 21-point plan by the uh, Biden administration to address the issue of uh, mig- uh, uh, well migration. They just call it migration, the migration problem. Um, and uh, I didn't find in it anything regarding de- deportation or anything regarding uh, stopping, uh, securing the border. On the contrary, uh, the uh, root causes, among the re- root causes, uh, they uh, said poverty, of course, and they said government corruption, of course. Um, but among them uh, were uh, gender discrimination and climate change. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, the, the plan that you're talking about is entirely unrelated to the border crisis. Uh, <laughs> total disconnected to anything happening in real life on the border. Uh, it, what it does is it, it provides some kind of a fig leaf or kind of a cover, protective cover for Democrats in power to be able to say, we are letting all these people in because there's a solution in play. Uh, so we're going to keep letting them. It's just an excuse to just keep letting people in by the hundreds of thousands over the border. Uh, and gives Democrats a general feeling like that's okay because we're doing something about it. Look, uh, nation-state building is a discredited uh, philosophy and policy. It doesn't work. We know it doesn't work from Iraq and Vietnam and countless other examples. Uh, and, and, and let's just say that it did work in the case of uh, Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador, it, it's possibly could take 30 years before we have an answer that it works. You know, I mean, seeding uh, economic development now and, you know, making, taking pains to eliminate corruption and all of those kind of things. Those are long, long-term propositions. Uh, immigrants and those aspiring immigrants who are living in those countries are not going to wait for 20 or 30 years their whole lives to see if that works. The whole thing is absurd on its face. It, it doesn't even take a high school level analysis to just know that it's just absurd, but it'll be used as political cover to just keep on letting the hundreds of thousands of people over the border. That's my take on it. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. Um, the uh, One of the things in it, though, that, uh, that, I, I, that um, jumped out at me was that there's going to be a partnership with the UN uh, on um, 
assisting migrants. And um, from your travel uh, down to uh, south of the south of the Mexican border and on the Mexican border, um, have you seen any kind of uh, signs of of the UN or anybody else trying to help the, re- resettle or assist those folks? Uh, no, I'm not really familiar with that plan. I uh, never have seen any kind of United Nations down there. Uh, there was there was a, a year or two ago under Trump, uh, International Office of Migration involvement in uh, providing bus transportation from the northern Mexican border. Uh, migrants have been pushed back underway to Mexico back to their home countries. I, I did see that, and there was some United Nations involvement in southern Mexico to resettle immigrants in northern Mexico until the Trump administration was finished. Uh, so there was there was that. I haven't seen anything new hmm. down there. So oh, I don't know. Maybe which, they're down there. But... Which reminds me, there was a uh, there was another report on Monday that said that seventy seven percent of the single adults that are apprehended, um, at least in the El Paso sector, 77% of them uh, are not looking for asylum and are not looking, uh, are, uh, are not looking for asylum, but instead they're, they're, they're um, looking for other things in the United States. Um, my gosh, you know, so I guess the, the asylum resettlement efforts of the Biden administration um, are, are not really necessary. Well, there's an explanation for that. Uh, for one thing, single adults right now are being pushed back still in overwhelming numbers when they get caught under the Title 42 pandemic control policy from the Trump period. Uh, Biden kept that. So uh, when you see 190,000 apprehensions, it is true that a majority of those, about 115,000, are pushbacks. Uh, to Mexico single adults so those people when they cross are running and evading and hiding uh, not turning themselves in like the family units who are being allowed in who immediately uh, or very soon will can be expected to claim asylum ineligibly completely by the way none of them are eligible for asylum they'll all be turned down by judges when the time comes four, five, six years from now of course, it'll be too late. But the single adults uh, who are coming through are running and hiding, so they don't really need to make the asylum play just yet. When they get into the interior and get caught in three or four years and deported, then they'll make their asylum claim to prevent uh, deportation for another four or five years. So it's just really a matter of when they use it. Everybody uses it when it's convenient. But for those single adults, it's not convenient right now. It will be, though, at their disposal uh, when a Republican gets in there and starts deporting. Uh, What these guys, let me just add this, George, what these people really are after is to just simply take advantage of the Biden administration's policy of eliminating deportations in the interior. Uh, That's really what this is all about. And they know that for at least the next three and a half years, under the Biden administration, they'll be able to work illegally to their heart's content and in the open. They'll never be deported, none wow. of them. Wow, it's amazing. That is that is really disgusting. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, just flagrantly yeah. uh, disobeying, you know, uh, the law and uh, disrespecting not really and disrespecting abusing, it, yeah. And, and abusing. And, you know, the Biden administration completely understands this and does everything possible to enable it. Well, because it's an unjust law, according to them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and, and it's a law. Yeah. It's on the books. It's Sorry. A, <laughs> you know, unjust laws are change, just... Change, change the law if you think it's unjust. Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> oh, my man. Well, Todd, thank you for, for being with us as usual. Tell the folks how they can follow you and tell them about your book. That's right. Um you can follow me on Twitter, Benzman Todd, B-E-N-S-M-A-N Todd. And you can see most of my writings at CIS.org, Center for Immigration Studies. And my book is America's Covert Border War. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
and that is addressing the subject of uh, long-haul smuggling from the Middle East and countries of national terrorism concern over the border and that whole threat. Wow. I, you know, it is frightening. Not only de- diseases, but terrorists and criminals. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And, it's a wreck uh, down there. I've been down there four times, uh, long uh, trips, and also just came back from Costa Rica, Nicaragua border, and it's a mess like I've never seen. Oh, gosh. And it's coming our way. I mean, you know, it's like you're seeing sludge coming down the road in your direction and you don't know how to stop it. Mm. Thank you, my my friend. We've been talking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Bensman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. On KLUP 930 AM radio here in San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, a gentleman with us, uh, Dave, Dave uh, Calaman. And Dave is uh, a not only a resident of uh, the South Texas region, a, uh, but he is also uh, very, very involved in the issue of the uh, border crisis. In fact, he's put together an organization. Uh, and uh, he's d- disseminating a lot of information. He is getting a lot of information. Um, so I wanted to reach out to him and get him on the show. Dave, thank you f- for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell me, tell me why, uh, about your experience with the um, border crisis that we've got going on. Uh, how long have you lived on the border, and what uh, what do you see happening now? Uh, no, good morning, George. I'm glad to, glad to be here with you. I, uh, I don't actually live on the border. I live in Creole County, which is about 150 miles from the border. Uh, I'm a rancher, and uh, I've lived there all my life in South Texas. Uh, when I saw the uh, uh, the influx of the illegals, and I knew that, that there were health issues involved with that as well, I was infuriated uh, by the administration, and it motivated me to start a Facebook page uh, to uh, to try to get people motivated to pressure the government to close the border. And uh, the uh, the situation, you know, now you're a hundred, like you said, you're you're not on the border, but is uh, is it affecting your community at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I have seventeen grandchildren, and my daughter in laws. Do not feel safe letting them uh, play outside anymore. Ranching life has been such a, a wonderful thing where you you didn't even concern yourself with even about locking your own doors of your house. It was just that was never thought of, and uh, now we don't even feel good about letting our children go play outside without being armed ourselves to watch them. Now, one of the things that has uh, been happening lately uh, is uh, a, a big discussion uh, by the governor on what, uh, you know, needs to happen and some actions that he's taken, like sending the National Guard to uh, the uh, the border and um, and uh, giving them arrest authority, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think these things are helping, and what else needs to be done? Well, uh, I feel like everything the governor has done so far has been more smoke and mirrors than anything. Uh, we don't have facilities to hold all the people that would be arrested, and even if we did, uh, when they serve their time, they'd be turned over to Border Patrol, who's going to send them off into the country anyway. So we've just taken responsibility for them for 180 days, paying the bill, and uh, more or less helping the Biden administration. The, uh, you know, most recently, the um, uh, governor came out with a a memo uh, directing people not to to transport uh, illegal aliens. 
And um, there's been quite a bit of discussion about, you know, the impact on communities where these people are going to be stuck, uh, as well as uh, the spread of COVID. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's very frustrating, Georgia. If if the border had been closed seven months ago, these people wouldn't be here. They would never have tried to get here. They would have known it was not going to happen. Uh, now that we have them, though, uh, I agree with the governor, and I'm applauding him uh, in this action if we actually do it. If we stop those buses now, that immediately the, those people are going to pile up on border towns, and uh, a lot of a lot of them have diseases, and it's a dangerous situation. So, um, we, something needs to be done to stop them from coming in. We need armed troops on the border to stop these people from coming in, and uh, and then we need to deport those that are here illegally. You know, it's it, I, I'm glad you're saying that because I mean it appears to me like. Instead of instead of arguing that they're going to be stuck because they can't be re- moved to other communities, why not just not let them in to begin with? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. That's the sensible, logical thing to do. And since the federal government has failed us there, um, and and uh, our, the states created the federal government for a reason, and it's failing us, so our sovereign state needs to take control of that border. Now we've got we we are seeing you know, several things happening. And I want to get your take on what, what, what all this means. We're seeing in uh, large communities like here in San Antonio and in Austin, uh, nearby you, that um, the defund the police effort is still going on very, very strong. On top of that, we've got this open border. And then uh, this morning, uh, this uh, Friday morning, uh, we find a, uh, a an article, uh, on, or should I say on July 30th, we find a, an article by the New York Times, an opinion piece, that says that anybody and everybody should be able to vote. As long as they're here in the United States, they should be allowed to vote. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, only, only citizens should be allowed to vote. Uh, well, you know, what's going on, George, is is a, uh, a demographic, an intentional demographic change uh, by our own countrymen to dis, to disenfranchise conservative vote. It's a Marxist takeover. It's obvious what's going on. Uh, they're even they're even sending out Ill, sick illegals through the San Antonio airport to parts of the country. And they're hiding this from uh, from us, from the general public. But if you're willing to send out people across the country, you know have COVID-19, <laughs> that tells you they care nothing about the citizens of this country. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're putting out, uh, you know, directives and having press conference about how we may, we, we may need to shut down the economy again, as well as we may, uh, we're, we're going to have to start using uh, masks. But, uh, you know, how many of these people are being checked uh, or allowing themselves to be checked? And, uh, how, you know, how many of them are carriers of not only COVID, but heaven knows what else? Well, that's right. Uh, you know, the sector chief down in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, Mr. Hastings, admitted that as many as 17% of, of these uh, illegal aliens are infected. I feel so sorry for them, uh, but uh, we can't let our compassion for these illegals nullify our compassion for our Texas citizens. That's right. I mean, at, at some point, you take care of your family and your friends and your country first, and then, uh, you know, do what you can for the rest of the world. Yes, sir. It, it, you know, uh, there seems to be an absolute anger about the idea of the Trump America first policies when it came to uh, to immigration. Do you think they were working? Absolutely, they were working. Uh, President Trump knew what he was doing. He, he understands human nature, and he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And he had the border much more under control than it previously was, and certainly than it is now. Ah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the, this this chaos was just you know not happening. Uh, let me let me conclude with asking you this: um, If you had a magic wand, if you were the president, uh, what would you do? to stop this insanity that's going on on our border right now? Well, I don't know what the 
president would do, uh, given up on the president, but the governor should put armed troops on the border and and with loudspeakers and maybe they should fire off some rounds into the air to let people know you can't come into Texas, sorry. Yep. And that would be one big step. That word would get out quickly and people would stop coming. Yeah, or at least that would, that would stop coming through Texas, that's for sure. For sure, yes. For sure. Uh, you know, it, it, it is, uh, it, it's really, really tragic to to watch this and to watch how they use the kids as well. Oh, it's terrible. You know. that's, that's exactly right. They have, they have no concern for these uh, illegal aliens at all. No. Just using them as pawns. Nope. Um, tell the folks about your organization, where they can find you on Facebook, so that they can, can, they can get information about uh, what's going on at the border. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Texans for Closing the Border on Facebook. Look us up and join. We need volunteers. We need help. Uh, and we're literally in a fight to save Texas. Now, when you talk about volunteers, what are you looking for? Uh, local citizens uh, that can, can be active in their local area. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, Dave, thank you very, very much. Thank you for everything that you do. And uh, we'll be in touch. We will be following you. Uh, we want to find out. We want to keep keep our, our, our hands on the pulse of what's happening. And you're one of those individuals that definitely... Uh, knows what's happening right there at the border. Thank you, George, and God bless Texas. You got it. Take care. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got a new guest, a very special guest with us, uh, Mr. Chris Kobach. And Chris is, uh, he is former, the former uh, Secretary of State uh, for Kansas. Uh, he is also um, a former chairman of the Kansas Republican Party. But he most recently has been involved with the, um, with the folks here on the border in uh, trying to uh, find a resolution uh, to this border crisis that we've got going. So I wanted to reach out to him and uh, ask him to talk, talk to us about a recent lawsuit that has been filed by the sheriffs in Texas against the Biden administration, as well as any other remedies that he thinks might work uh, to uh, address this 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 uh, border crisis that we've got. Chris, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us talk to us. First of all, tell us uh, how you got involved in this and uh, how you, uh, what this lawsuit is all about. Sure. Well, thanks, George. I originally got involved uh, in this recent crisis uh, when a group of sheriffs held a conference in Brackettville and invited me to come down and address them as an attorney with um, experience in this area. I've been involved for many years, uh, for about two decades, in the legal fights against illegal immigration. I was John Ashcroft's counsel and his chief advisor on border security when when he headed the Justice Department. And uh, I've litigated many cases involving illegal immigration against the ACLU, defending cities and states that are trying to stop illegal immigration. And uh, in 2012, I brought the first lawsuit against the DACA amnesty on behalf of 10 ICE agents back then. And so uh, I've, I've been involved in this area for quite a while. I was President Trump's uh, informal advisor on the issue during the campaign and, and during his presidency. And uh, so there, there are many, many legal uh, intricacies to this issue. But as far as the lawsuit goes, um, a group of five Texas sheriffs um, from Kinney County, Edwards County, McMillan County, uh, Hudspeth County, and Live Oak County um, – decided to take on the uh, the Biden administration because they are ordering ICE officers to break the law. And then uh, once this lawsuit uh, got got started, got underway, um, a, an association of ICE officers wanted to join and become plaintiffs as well. So it's the first time in history that uh, sheriffs of any state have teamed up with federal law enforcement officers to sue a sitting president. It's pretty extraordinary. And the reason they're doing so is the Biden administration is doing some extraordinary things. They are ordering ICE officers to break the law. There are, there are multiple laws, George, that were passed in the 90s 
that require, they say shall, that the immigration officer shall detain certain illegal aliens and shall deport certain illegal aliens. And the Biden administration is flat out telling ICE officers to break the law. Don't do what the law says. Do what we tell you, which is not to deport these people, not to detain these people. And so I, I believe it's going to be a pretty straightforward case when the when the judge uh, issues a decision. The law is what it says. And I think the Biden administration is going to have a tough time defending their conduct. It, it really is amazing what has been going on. I mean, I worked in the in the Reagan administration uh, in immigration issues. And, uh, you know, uh, those days people used to run illegal aliens used to run away from uh, Border Patrol. But now, I mean, when I go to the border and watch, uh, these people are literally introducing themselves. I mean, they've turned the Border Patrol into uh, into Walmart greeters. Uh, it's it's astounding. It, it really is. And and the reason, the main reason for that, is the left. And it began under the under the Obama administration. The left has distorted uh, asylum law and has basically left-wing attorneys have coached the illegal aliens to falsely claim asylum uh, say that they have a fear of persecution if they get when in fact you know 90 percent plus of these cases will not qualify for asylum and will be rejected by an immigration judge if they bring asylum claim but uh, they, they make the false claim anyway and uh, because Biden got rid of the remaining Mexico policy, which Trump had set up to say that if you're going to make a claim, you got to wait in Mexico before your hearing occurs, which could be more than a year down the road. Now they're just coming into the United States. Who knows if they'll show up for the hearing? Uh, they've been escorted in by the Border Patrol, and it's it's just a shame. It's a farce what's happening. Uh, the borders, as you know, are wide open. Now, do uh, do you see any? I mean, do, do you see anything? Re- any resolution that? that might happen because i mean it, it seems like a pretty open and shut case that they are violating uh immigration law by restraining its enforcement yeah I, well i do see some you know some glimmers of hope one is if uh, if the federal judge in this case uh issues a preliminary injunction that could get ice back in the game i mean basically ice has been forced to stand down since February 18th when the Biden administration issued this this policy. So if a, a federal judge uh, issues a preliminary injunction, which would allow ICE to begin deporting these people again, and, and remember, most of these individuals who are being turned loose now are, are criminal illegal aliens. There are some who are illegal aliens who have not committed crimes, but the vast majority are ones who are being released from law enforcement custody because they were arrested for committing a crime or because they just finished serving a sentence and they were convicted of a crime in the United States. So uh, having ICE back in the game will be a huge uh, change of the situation right now. Um, another big change could be uh, what happens if two things. One is that the you know the state of Texas has uh, begun constructing some temporary fencing. Uh, that could slow things down at the border if it is combined with um, county law enforcement uh, enforcing state laws against illegal aliens whether it be criminal trespassing, theft of a vehicle, um, resisting arrest, any number of state laws that these coyotes routinely violate along with the illegal aliens when they come into that. So I think those three things in concert could, could change the momentum a little bit, but it's still extraordinary what the Biden administration has done, and it's going uh, to take a long time to repair it. Yeah, the, uh, the issue that I was going to ask you about, and you answered it, uh, you, you gave us a little bit of that, is uh, you know absent that the Biden administration do anything, you know what are what are what are the alternatives that the that the state and local government can do? And we've got we know we've got some sheriffs uh, who are who are liberal Democrat sheriffs who have already said that they are not going to uh, to support immigration uh, law enforcement. Uh, but on the other hand, um, can what can they do? I mean, can they arrest them and detain them? Uh, they can't deport them. But uh, can they do any other thing? Yeah, they can, they can certainly arrest them and detain them for committing state crimes. And hopefully, you know, should we win this lawsuit, that will require not only ICE, but also the Border Patrol uh, to take custody of aliens who are supposed to be deported. Um, one of the just absolutely astounding things that's happening right now is ICE officers are not being allowed to deport people who have re-entered the United States after a previous deportation. Congress in the 90s said, 
these people shall be deported and they shall be deported immediately forthwith. It, it's got to happen quickly because they've already had their day in immigration court. They lost. They were deported. Now they're back. And the Biden administration is even saying these people get to stay. And so if you have ICE and the Border Patrol now enforcing the law more vigorously, uh, that's going to change the game significantly. So I think that's going to be a, a really big step. Uh, and state and local law enforcement should be able, again, if we win this lawsuit, should be able to transfer custody of these illegal aliens to ICE and to the Border Patrol and expect them to be deported. Wow. Um, let me um, let me ask you then in, in conclusion here that um, it seems to me that in the past uh, few months since the Biden administration took over, they are literally going out of their way to excuse illegal immigration and to reward it. Excusing it, well, because it's because of climate change, it's because their people are poor, it's because they're flu- fleeing this, fleeing that, and then they're rewarding it with um, allowing them to stay who knows how long uh, in the United States and receive benefits. Uh, yeah. What uh, what major policy changes do you think need to happen? Well, let me, let me just paint a little even starker picture of what's happening now. I, I think see it as a three-step plan that the left has in America and it's a plan to you know ultimately at the end of the day replace American voters with with people from foreign countries or at least override their votes with people from foreign countries uh, the first is that they stop enforcement at the border and they do that by ending the remaining Mexico policy and by ceasing construction of the wall and we've already seen what happens the border patrol gets swamped there they have to deal with all these fraudulent asylum applications and people will just walk right in the second thing they do is they they disarm ICE. They, they force ICE to stand down and end the interior enforcement. So once you get past the Border Patrol, you're scot-free to go wherever you want. And then part three is they want an amnesty, a massive amnesty for as many illegal aliens as they can, because that puts them in line for a green card and then eventually for citizenship and voting. And that the Democrats are trying to do that right now in Congress. They're, they're trying to sneak an amnesty in or, or stick an amnesty into um, appropriations bills, find any gimmick they can to try to squeeze an amnesty through that would never pass on its own. Um, it's, it's astounding, but it is, a, it is a very clear plan. This crisis is a planned event that just got a little bit bigger than the Democrats expected in Washington. And to your question, what's it going to take? It's going to take actions like the sheriffs in Texas standing up, bringing this lawsuit. It's going to take actions like the state in Texas using every resource they can to build border barriers, to back up state, local law enforcement and enforcing state laws. It's going to take additional lawsuits. Uh, Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, has done a great job in bringing multiple lawsuits. The sheriff's suit will add to that. Um, and it's going to take a you know, firm resolution by law-abiding Americans, constitutionalists all across this country who, who see, our, you know, see that the Constitution is under threat, see that the administration is breaking the law, to, uh, to make sure that in 2022, hopefully, uh, one or both of the houses of Congress will, will go in Republican hands, and that will stop the Biden administration from doing anything in statutory uh, framework, and then hopefully, if they try to take action, if the Biden administration takes executive action to keep the border open, uh, lawsuits will, will suffice to stop that. Because when they do take executive action, like on the February 18th policy, they usually break the law. Oh, Chris, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. You know, um, my it's, pleasure. It's very, very disturbing when they're defunding the police departments locally, and then they're talking about defunding, uh, if not hamstringing, at least the Border Patrol and ICE. Yes, that's exactly right. Incredible, incredible. Once again, my friends, George Lodigas, we've been talking with our good friend, uh, Mr. Chris uh, Kobach. And uh, we uh, thank you for your efforts, Chris. And uh, we'll be back checking with you uh, to update how this uh, lawsuit is going along. All right, look forward to it. Thanks, George. Thank you. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News.
news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, uh, the crime expert per nun here in, uh, in, in Texas. And he is, uh, I wanted to get him on because there's a lot of stuff that's going on uh, south of the border as well as going on north of the border. And I want to get his take on this. First of all, Jason, welcome to the show. Let me tell you that, uh, and I think you've read about it already. There is a rumor that um, the president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, AMLO as they call him, but Lopez Obrador is going to have a summit with the cartels. Incredible, if that's true. Have you heard such a thing? Yeah, I have as of this morning, and it's more than a rumor. It's an article that's out, and they they have a lot of great details in there as to which cartels will be involved, and also leadership will be involved. So it's clearly been thought out, and we have to be realistic. That also, George, this goes along with his entire strategy of hugs and not bullets. And the problem is he is failing not only the people of Mexico, he's failing the American people as we see what is happening as we are dealing with in the United States fentanyl overdoses of over 93,331 citizens, you know, record-setting numbers directly coming from, and this fentanyl is directly coming from the cartels that he's now looking to negotiate. And what it really does for all of us and to all the listeners is it puts us on a clear path that we as Texas have to look at things differently. We have to recognize that, one, our federal government is not going to do what needs to be done as we're dealing with an overwhelming border crisis. I mean, without question, this is the worst border crisis in American history. And we as Texans now have to take steps to prepare for it because we can't rely on the federal government to do what needs to be done anymore. And you know me. I'm always about, you know, coming out and talking about, you know, what we need to be doing at the federal level, changing different U.S. policies, you know, designating the cartels as terrorists. But we are, right now, I've never seen the border the way it is. I've never seen this. And we have to be realistic with what is happening in Mexico with the movements of CJ&G now taking over territory at our southern border with Texas. And with just the sheer amount of fentanyl and the movement of these cartels transitioning from human smuggling to human trafficking, the game has clearly changed out along that border. Ah, it's incredible. The uh, on our side of the border, the um, the uh, there have been several states that have sent state troopers uh, to help uh, guard the border. We have also had um, now recently the uh, the governor call out the national guard. Um, what? Uh, how? Uh, you know? Does this help? And if so, how? And if not? How so, and what do we need to do? Yeah, let me address the first thing you brought up. First, the the agreements between states to collaborate and work together for an unsecured border, I think, is great leadership. I, I love that strategy because this is a true team of teams approach, and I am all about a whole-of-government approach. Now, that's one angle of it. When you flip the coin, though, it also adds to the level of decay that I was talking a little bit about earlier from our federal government and the federal leadership to take action. You know, while the, you know, one thing you're very proud of as a nation is that our founding fathers got it right. When the federal government can't get it right, the states have the authority to do it, and we're seeing that now. So our founding fathers got it right, but it is, for me overall, an indicator of further decay from the federal level, you know, and states now going against the federal government, which, you know, I want to see our country working together, you know, to get good policies to protect the American people. But we have to be realistic with what we're seeing right now. It's just not happening. So I wanted to answer that up front. On the second part of that question that I think is very important is that we have to recognize that we have real problems on that border. And you said some of the things that are happening here, those troopers coming here, in other law enforcement officers from Florida, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, Idaho, and many others as more and more continue to, to add on. Those help tremendously. The problem is the numbers are very small. I'll be very frank. When we're dealing with over 1.1 million people apprehended in nine months, and in last week alone, from July 15th to July 21st, at your southwest border, they had 48,000 apprehensions for seven days. 
where I'm going with this is the numbers just are not enough. And let me give you some more numbers so that the folks know the level of impact. Operation Lone Star, which is the Governor Abbott's operation, began in March, and, and as of July 22nd, Operation Lone Star apprehended 53,000 migrants at the, at the southern border of Texas. They were involved in 3,400 criminal arrests and 546 pursuits in four months. And they seized 4,800 pounds of cocaine and meth. And if that wasn't enough, they seized 7.8 million in cash, 936 firearms, and fentanyl seizures, ladies and gentlemen, are up 950%. Now, that's data coming directly from DPS, and that just came out yesterday. You can see all of that yourself uh, if you go to Fox News and just type it in, Operation Lone Star Results. So they just released this, and it shows you in the data how overwhelming what is happening at that border and the other index crimes, George, that you always hear me talk about, how it affects the American people. You got to hear it right there, the direct result of, of what our troopers, our local and our federal law enforcement are having to deal with. Incredible. I mean, the numbers are staggering, are absolutely staggering. Now let's add to, to the fentanyl and to the criminal aliens, let's add the issue of COVID because while they're screaming and yelling in Washington, D.C., the Democrats are screaming and yelling in Washington, D.C. about how we're going to need to start wearing masks. Uh, Border Patrol agents are coming down sick because there are so many people crossing that are infected. And uh, there's and some some of them, in fact, I understand, are refusing to take uh, uh, the test to see if they're even uh, infected. Yeah, you know, none of this makes sense. And this goes back to what I was saying originally about how this border surge is different than any other we have seen historically. And let me just give you one quick example. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, according to their own data, have apprehended people from 148 different countries. And I say that because a lot of us still think of this border issue as a U.S.-Mexico, U.S.-Central or South America problem. And I, I want to make sure to come across with this is why you're seeing the COVID numbers rise. The world is coming. And it's in the data, according to CBP. The problem is it's not being told to the American people. And that's where I get very frustrated because one thing that I did do, you know, prior to this operation, Operation Secure Texas, I led intelligence for the state of Texas on that operation. And it's why I got so frustrated, George, with what was happening and what the American people were not being told. When I retired, I decided to do this. And at that time, that was the largest surge we'd ever seen. And now, you know, this one just absolutely pales in comparison to what I what we were doing before. I mean, this one's much worse. But it's an example of what you're talking about in that COVID, you know, never mind all the crime we're dealing with, we're also dealing with this as well on the COVID side. And it is just unfortunate. And the worst part of it all, the absolute worst part of all is that the policies of this administration have caused it all. And you can see that in the data from CBP very clearly in the number of apprehensions and the way they just skyrocketed as the Biden administration began pulling the migration protection protocols off and the over the horizon approach working with all of those countries south of our border to create layers of difficulty before migrants came. And it's, it's just it's stunning what they've done. Amazing. My friend, so uh, again, getting back to the state of Texas, what can the state of Texas do or not be able to do? Here's here's the thing. We have the authorities. Now, yesterday, Governor Abbott signed a memorandum. I don't know if everyone has seen it yet, but it, it, he talks in great detail about the U.S. Constitution's Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which gives states the authority under an invasion to take action. And he has done so by activating National Guard to make arrests, as he states in his memorandum at that border, and to call it more troops. Now, I will tell you one thing that I am critical of the governor on is one is he's late to the game on this because, you know, when you're behind the law enforcement curtain, you have the access to that intelligence. You see what's coming way before it ever hits us. So we should have been doing this much earlier versus nine months in and 1.1 million apprehended. That's one of my frustrations. The other thing is that, you know, we've got to get these other National Guard troops down there. We've activated just under 700 as of right now for the state of Texas. You have to remember, though, we have over 20,000. Why haven't we activated them prior? And why are we just pulling in people from all over the country? While I'm all about 
a holistic approach. I'm a firm believer that that is absolutely the right approach where everybody works together. I'm also very critical is when we have our own Texas National Guard that can be activated at large numbers to be pushed to that border to help, why haven't we done it sooner? And that's what I, where I'm going to close with on this, and that is that the state, and I would say to all senators and all state reps that are listening, you must lead. And what I mean by that is Texas must no longer look to the federal government to designate the cartels as terrorists. We must no longer look to them to do what needs to be done. We have to set ourselves up for the long game, and it's time to do that now. Excellent. Oh, couldn't have said it better. Jason, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Folks, we've been talking with our good friend Jason Jones, a border crime expert and very good friend. Jason, thank you very much for being with us. George, thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Thank you very much, my friends, for being with us today uh, on the El Conservador show with George Rodriguez. Uh, I really, really want to, uh, again, thank uh, our our uh, sponsor, Border Hawk News. And uh, I want to uh, let you all know about um, that you can uh, uh, go to my website, El Conservador, on social uh, media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, MeWe, all of those. Uh, just look for George Rodriguez, El Conservador. You will find me. Uh, also uh, want to uh, refer you to my website, uh, El Conservador, uh, on the uh, on the web, uh, lots of uh, articles in there that I've uh, posted. Uh, interested reading, interesting reading that you might want to have. Uh, not only about immigration, but also about uh, police community relations and race relations in general, as well as the fake news. Of course, love picking on the fake news. Um, anyone that might be interested in inviting me to speak at uh, at a meeting or rally. Please feel free to contact me. I am more than uh, happy and willing to come and uh, and uh, speak, uh, meet new friends. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to get out there and and chat. Uh, I spoke at uh, last week. I spoke in Houston at the Executive Club, and I want to give them a big shout out. Uh, today, Saturday, the thirty first. This morning, I spoke at uh, the Hondo. Uh, Medina County Rally uh, in Hondo, Texas, and that was a lot of fun, my friends. Uh, please, please, please feel free. Don't be shy. I'll be more than happy to come see you. So once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP. Let's keep America strong. Let's keep America safe. Let's do everything that we can to protect our freedoms and our liberties. Till next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.